way in a hurry. This rave was being thrown in a huge, weird building called Pier 57, full of chemical fog and cigarette smoke. And other kinds of smoke, too. Glow sticks and bare flesh and sweat. It smelled like menthol and cigarettes, the musk of weed, and an indefinable tang that's all youth. Plus the smothered salt smell of sex in dark corners. There were enough hormones in here to fuel a rocket out to Orion. I raised my arms when the crowd around me did, colored lights flashing. It was a migraine attack of red, blue, orange, yellow, except for when they got fancy at certain points and made it all blue and green, or all orange and yellow. The music would crest, then whoever was doing lights would flick off everything but the mirrored ball, a tiny bit of spots to make everything glitter, and the black lights to make lipstick and synthetic fabrics glow oddly. With the touch loose inside my head, just a little, not enough to drown me in a wash of sensation from every random stranger bumping against me, I drifted, letting my body slide through like a little fish in a bunch of water weeds, a minnow, something too small to catch. At least, I hoped I was too small. Stick to the plan. Well, I was sticking to the plan. The problem with vampires is that they don't stick to plans. The first shard of hate, sharp and bright as an icicle under full sunlight, jabbed into my head. I kept moving, edging for the outside of the crowd. If I timed it right, the wheeling movement of the dancers, because if you watch a time-lapse of dancing crowd, they do always go in a wagon wheel, would take me right to the best exit Kristoff had shown me on the layouts, his arm warm and comforting over my shoulders, and his voice just a murmur in my ear. Don't worry. You're fast enough and trained enough, or I wouldn't send you in. The thought made me flush all over. The healed fang marks on my left wrist tingled slightly. At least he'd let me do something, not like some of the others on the council. Hero was having kittens about me being involved in an actual operation. Bruce just got that look, the one that said I was too young and too irresponsible and too precious and the hope of the order. It made me want to punch something. If tonight went south, I might even get to. The taste of rotting, waxen oranges slid across my tongue, paying no attention to the fact that I was chewing on a wad of spearmint gum. Gran called it an aura. An aura. I was calling it danger candy nowadays. I always felt like spitting it out, but spitting would only make it worse. Plus, spitting on a dance floor is damn rude. I was raised better. I slipped my hand into the tiny net purse hanging at my side. Natalie said it ruined the line of the dress. But I had to have some place to stash lip gloss and the little thing I pulled out now, reaching up as if to brush a stray brown curl back and fitting it over my ear. It looked like a wireless headset for a cell phone, a sleek silver one. I pressed the button and let some of the curls hanging from my updo fall over it. Noise-canceling earphones are a blessing. I just wished he'd given me two of them, 
or earplugs. Earplugs would have been just Jim Dandy. We read you, Drew. Christoph's voice, as crisp as if he was standing right next to me, overriding the attack of the music. Now it was some retro whitewashing of an 80s song about a girl named Eileen and how she needed to come on, over thunking, thudding bass. We have a visual. Primary team, move in. This was, he'd told me, the most dangerous part. Before the other Jamfear infiltrated the building, while I was still dancing, I was just about to break free of the crowd and head for the exit when another bright shard of hate lanced through my head. I drew back instinctively. The exit I'd been planning to take suddenly had a flicker of movement around it. Shit! I wasn't even aware I'd said it. What? Christoph didn't sound worried.